0: Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Connecting the Dots. How's everybody doing? Welcome to my podcast and to my show, you know. Okay. Without a long introduction and uh, trying to find out what my show is about, I'm going to cut through the chase and get right through that, then I'm going to get back with you later, because this is a very powerful message that needs to be continued. If you remember, I had my audio guest, Trey Searcy, on, and he was teaching on forgiveness. A very powerful, but true message, and a lot of listeners and a lot of believers, I'm sure, now I have not never heard a message like that, but it's the Word of God. This Radio station is for believers only. So if you believer, just tune in. If you're an unbeliever, you will not really get a good understanding on it. But I'm not gonna shut you up. But this this radio showcase is just for uh believers only. So without any further ado, I'm going to continue and I'm going to get myself out the way because I got a continuation. I felt it was worth the continuation of Trey Cersei's teaching on forgiveness. And I'm not going to even get any further. I just want you to tune in, get your hearts together, get your pen and paper, whatever, and get your spiritual minds together, body of Christ, because there's going to be some real meat. Here is Trey Cersei. It's going to be at least about uh, 30 minutes long. God bless you all. Stay tuned. Trey cersei has got the flow. Okay. Bye-bye. This is Truth Time. Truth Time.
1: Where we weigh the evidence and make sound decisions.
0: Not according to our feelings. Just Just the facts.
1: facts. Welcome to this, another Truth Time radio transmission we begin today by proclaiming that salvation does not come by you taking a blind leap of faith but rather salvation is you having an intelligent understanding of what christ accomplished on your behalf and believing that what he did alone was enough to save your never dying soul salvation is not getting your sins forgiven your sins were forgiven at calvary Salvation is about your belief in someone and what that someone accomplished on your behalf. It has nothing to do with what you do in your flesh. It's religion that teaches you to have confidence in your flesh, but God through Paul teaches the exact opposite. For example, Paul wrote in Romans 7.18 that in his flesh dwelleth no good thing. But Paul, you're God's chosen apostle. When you were still in your mother's womb, God separated you and decided that you would be the first apostle of all nations. And you're telling us that there is nothing good in your flesh? That's what I said. In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. The will to do the right thing is present with me. No problem there, but how to perform that which is good, that I cannot find. Now, are you hearing this today? Are you hearing that there is nothing good to be found in your flesh? Or are you being taught that if you'll just keep on trying, keep on struggling, keep on pressing forward, you can one day be good enough for God to accept you? Hey, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life will have you depending on self, on flesh. This is Satan's greatest deception. The masses have been deceived into believing that there are things needed to be done to have their sins forgiven. Work, work, work. Work, work, work. That's the common thread of all religions and denominations worldwide. Don't fall for that. If you're lost today, you don't need to go anywhere or do anything to get your sins forgiven. Christ did the going and the doing for you. If you're lost, it's because you need the righteousness of Christ. It's his righteousness that justifies the forgiven, unsaved person. And I want you to hear and get this today. I want to be real clear. The world is full of forgiven, unsaved people, not unforgiven, unsaved people as taught by religion. Anyone who's read about the cross work of Christ knows that makes no sense. Religion wants you to believe that justification is a process. It's not a process. Justification is a one-time act of faith. And the reason you can have justification as a one-time act of faith is because you have no need to get your sins forgiven. Justification happens at the moment a forgiven unsaved person hears the good news of the finished cross work and decides to believe it. Ephesians 1.13 At that very moment, they're declared righteous, baptized by the Spirit into the body, and sealed into the day of redemption. Ephesians 4.30 I have found that most operate from a probation rather than salvation mindset. The actions of Christ at Calvary made the sins of the world disappear, and there's nothing you can do about that. This means the penalty for your sins were put out of God's sight. You've been acquitted. And now that your sins have been dealt with and put out of God's sight, all he asks from you is your faith. You're saved through faith. It's your belief that enables him to transfer the righteousness of Christ into your account, fully justifying you and saving your never-dying soul. Okay, stay tuned. We're coming right back with more on reconciliation. Today is part two of the reconciliation series, Forgiven But Didn't Know. It. It's up to us to share this liberating good news with others. If you're saved, you're a reconciler. Paul said it himself in 2 Corinthians 5.17. You're a a reconciler and you need to be doing some work. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing this word of truth, rightly dividing the gospel that saves today from the previous gospel. The idea is, you know it, but does your neighbor, you know it, but do the members of your family know it? Now, I didn't say accept it. I said know it. We're told in Ephesians 3.9, we're to make others see what is the fellowship of the mystery. It didn't say make them accept it. Just see it. And in order for others to see it, someone has to present it. Does your neighbor, your loved ones, uh, do do they know that Christ made reconcilement for their errors, for their sin? Who's going to tell them if you don't? You see, some have watched you load the family in the car and shuffle along to church on Sunday morning, while all along they had the idea that your sins were forgiven, but theirs, oh my, now that's another story. They don't go to church. They sleep in. They stay home and watch the ball game or take the boat to the lake. They don't read their Bible. They don't pray. They don't, they don't, they don't. You see what religion has done to their minds? Making them think that you're somehow good, but them, well, not so much. And, well, those in religion, the religified do-gooders, they actually kind of like that. Don't you? You kind of like that separation. Me versus them. Look at me. Look at what I do to get my sins forgiven. But them, oh no. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. That, my friend, is a satanic policy. And many out there today are working for Satan spreading this same message. No, no, hear me well. Christ died for the sins of the world, and that includes the them that don't just as much as the them that do. The sins of the world, the sins of the world, the sins of the world were placed upon the person of Christ. And the world has now been declared debt free. No more payment needed for sins. Christ paid it all. What's lacking today is faith, unbelief. Their pride of life and lust of the flesh has convinced them that they somehow in their flesh play a part in getting their sins forgiven. Meanwhile, reconciliation, one of the most overlooked, most ignored doctrines of the Bible, is hidden in plain sight, right under their nose, and they refuse to believe it. Satan is doing his best to conceal this good news from the vast majority of the world, the good news that Christ made reconcilement for your sins, reconcilement for my sins, reconcilement for the world's sins. You see, the Greeks would often use the term reconciliation to denote a change in relationship, a relationship between individuals, groups, or nations. But in Paul's gospel, Jehovah God is always the reconciler, and those in need of reconciliation are the rebellious, hostile humans. However, when speaking of the Jewish religion, it's in reverse. Confessing of sin to get them forgiven, 1 John 1, nine and repentance for forgiveness, Acts 2.38, are the means by which reconciliation with God is sought. But according to Paul's gospel, the initiative is no longer placed on man. Now the initiative is with God, who changes a relationship of enmity to one of friendship. This is an accomplishment of the finished cross work of Christ, Romans 5.10, and has nothing whatsoever to do with prideful man. When you purposely make a choice to look at your Bible while ignoring 2 Timothy 2.15, well, it's sort of like trying to watch a 3-D movie without the glasses. One of the most common responses when witnessing the gospel to someone is, well, I could never be saved. I've sinned too much. I've done this and I've done that. I struggle with this and that. And you know why? It's because they've never heard the good news. That's right. And I'm talking about the ones who grew up in the church. They grew up and left. Wonder why? They were put under bondage of work 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 to get their sins forgiven. They finally gave up realizing they were a failure according to the religious get my sins forgiven system. You want to hear some gospel? The word gospel means good news. Here it is. You can't out sin grace. You can't out sin grace. God said it I didn't God said in Romans five twenty, where sin abounded now listen where sin abounded grace did much more abound let's read that again that again where sin abounded grace did much more abound you can't out sin God's grace plain and simple put a period there there is no comma I mean I understand I get it for some accepting this truth is like trying to swallow sand But I digress. Reconciliation is an accounting term. Justification is a legal term. How awesome is that? God deals with us in such a practical manner, making things easy to understand. It's religion that's come along and made it difficult. Have you ever heard of history's three imputations? One, two, three. History's three most important imputations. First, Adam imputed sin onto man. Next, Man imputed sin onto Christ. And thirdly, and most importantly, by faith only, all you need is faith, and Christ will impute his righteousness onto you. And that's the three most important imputations you need to grasp. It'll help you gain a better and more clear understanding of God's word to you. Listen, reconciliation means you've been brought from enmity to amity. Reconciliation. You've been re-reconciliated. r e To conciliate back to. To restore. Restore the relationship between God and man that had been broken since Adam in the garden. To return to the state prior to them doing anything wrong. Reconciliation is truly amazing. When I think of reconciliation, I'm sometimes reminded of the Luke 15 account of the prodigal son. He, too, was in need of reconciliation. His relationship with his father had been severed. Most everyone knows the story. His his relationship with his father had been severed. So he went back home and said, I've sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm not even worthy to be called your son. Please, just make me as one of the hired servants. That's all I was asking for, just to be as one of the hired servants. But what did the father do? He told his servants, bring him the best robe, put a ring on his hand, put shoes on his feet, kill the fattest calf, let's eat and party. And to the boy's amazement, his father started shouting, this is my son, this is my son. He was dead to me, but he's alive again. And then he broke out in a chorus of amazing grace. (laughs) Well, maybe not, but he did cry out, he was lost, but now he is found. And that reconciliation party was rocking along. The prodigal son had on his new robe. He was gazing down at his new shiny ring. Well, the older son, who had been working out in the field, when he heard a party going on up at the house, he ran to check it out. There was some of the best sounding music. They were dancing like no one was watching. And, and about that time, he called one of the servants over and said, Hey, hey, what's going on, man? That servant said, You ain't heard? Your brother's come home. And your daddy's throwing him a party and has received him with open arms. And oh, was that boy ever angry. He was so upset he wouldn't even go in. But about that time, his father came outside. And he tore into him. He said, "'Father, all these many years I have served thee. I never transgressed at any time your commandment, and you never gave me a calf. You never threw a party for me. But as soon as my brother comes home, yeah, the one who's been laid up with prostitutes, you kill a calf and throw a party. And his father said, "'You are always with me, and what's mine is yours.'" Listen, your brother was dead to me, but now he's alive. He was lost, but now found. The only proper, the only fitting thing to do would be to throw a party and be happy. This prodigal son's story is outstanding, and as Paul said, written for our admonition and learning. And you know, just like Big Brother, Satan, the head of all world religions, don't like our reconciliation party either. God, like the father of the prodigal son, says, strike up the band, here's the best seat in the house, we've got plenty to eat, and it's so nice to see you after all these years of separation. That's the gospel, that's the good news, and you're hearing it right here on Truth Time Radio. Spending a lifetime trying to get your sins forgiven, when God said they're already forgiven, is not only oppressing, it's painfully wrong having your sins forgiven will not save you and Satan has done and is still doing his best to fool you into thinking that you don't need faith to have your sins forgiven they're forgiven whether you believe it or not what Christ did on the cross is true on the cross is true if you believe it and it's just as true if you don't believe it it's your belief your belief is needed because of justification your belief is needed so that you can get the righteousness of Christ imputed into your account That's how you're saved today, and not by getting your sins forgiven. You're not saved by what Christ did for you. You're saved by believing what Christ did for you. Sin is an issue today, but not for salvation. Sin is not an issue for a lost man today. It was taken care of at the cross, and God is waiting on the lost to, by faith, believe it. Sin is an issue that should concern a saved person. This is why Paul wrote so much about sin telling saved people to flee from it. Paul tells us that we've been made free from sin and should become servants of righteousness, Romans 6.18. And he also said, Awake to righteousness and sin not, 1 Corinthians 15.34. Paul plainly tells the believer to stop the nonsense, but make sure you understand sin is not an issue for salvation. Stopping it won't save you no matter how many times religion tries to sell that to you. To say that sin is what keeps someone from being saved would be to ignore what Christ accomplished on the cross. In fact, there would be no need for what he did on the cross. Stopping your sin has nothing to do with saving your never-dying soul. And that's what Paul's constantly trying to get across. Unbelief is the problem. This is why the doctrine of reconciliation is so important. Since Christ died for the sins of the world, salvation requires you having imputed righteousness. You need justification. Your sins had to be forgiven and taken out of the way in order for God to even deal with you. God hates sin. Remember? He couldn't deal with you concerning justification if the sin issue wasn't dealt with. He had to put that out of the way. Now, being justified does require your belief. It didn't happen at the cross. Forgiveness of sins happened at the cross, but justification, no, no. Getting the imputed righteousness of Christ, no. That didn't happen at the cross. The sin issue was what was taken care of at Calvary's cross. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 assures us that God at Calvary balanced the books. The account was settled. We were in debt because of sin. The debt was owed. The debt was paid. Christ paid it. How much? All of it. That brings your balance to zero. You were in the negative, but now your account is at zero. Can you go to heaven with a balance of zero? Of course not. Nothing is nothing and will assure you of nothing. And this is where the righteousness of Christ comes in. How do we get his righteousness? How do we get his righteousness? To him that worketh not. Worketh not. Romans 4, 5. Worketh not, but does what? Believes on Christ, the one who justifieth the ungodly. God says, if you'll do no work for salvation, but allow your faith on Christ to stand alone, God says, it's that faith that I'll count for righteousness. But if you do work for it, forget it. Deal's off. Faith in the finished cross work is what you need to get the righteousness of Christ to show up in your account. The account was negative. It was in the red. It's now been balanced. It's at zero. But you need something in it. And what you need is the righteousness of Christ. That is what ensures your salvation, not forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins is a done deal for the world. An unbeliever don't need sins forgiven. An unbeliever needs to believe the gospel. Satan is hard at it. He's working overtime trying to keep this truth hid, and he uses men to do it. So just what is it about reconciliation that has Satan so upset? Well, it was hid from him, 1 Corinthians two eight. God hid it from him because if he would have known it, if he would have known the why of the cross, he would have tried to prevent the crucifixion. If he would have known that Christ was there to give his life for every sin of everyone in the world to break down the sin wall of separation between God and man, Satan would have tried to prevent it. Satan would have tried to prevent the cross work. God hid the truth of reconciliation from Satan a little over 1900 years ago and Satan has been fired up angry ever since and trying to keep it hid from you. He does it by using the denominational religious system. He's done everything within his power to keep it hid and or, to keep it hid and listen, you should be offended by this. Offended enough to make you want to listen and believe everything I say. No, that's what got you in this mess in the first place. Listening to others without any independent research on your own. You need to break away from the herd atmosphere and discover this truth for yourself. In the book of Romans, chapter 5, verse 10, Paul said that when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Are you listening? No, I mean really listening. Do you just blow through these verses, or are you understanding what they actually say and how they apply to you? Again, Paul said, when we were enemies, when you and I were enemies, we were reconciled, reconciled to God by the death of his son. Hey, the man you see and judge tonight on the evening news, just like you, he was an enemy of God. Why? Because of sin. So what did God do? He died for his sins. Which ones? The ones in his past? No, all of them. Every one of our sins were future from the cross. Every one of them. Your sin, my sin, the man on the news tonight, all the folks in the Weekly Busted magazine, all means all, and there's no way around that. Oh, this is good news. All sins were forgiven at the cross. Sin is no longer an issue for salvation. Sin no longer separates you from God Almighty. It's time you heard, understood, and believed this good news we <laughs> Some of the gainsayers who oppose Paul's ministry of reconciliation, they like to throw verses at you. Verses that, well, supposedly go against the finished cross work of Christ. And one listener recently encountered opposition to this good news, this good news of reconciliation, while she was sharing with others on Facebook. So let's take a look at two or three verses real quick here. Uh, Let's title them "quote problem verses," and let's see if they do indeed pose a threat. Let's see if they present any problem whatsoever to the doctrine of reconciliation. Bring it on. And if you would like to add to this list, maybe you've come across some verses you're having problems with, uh, or perhaps you have encountered some of the gainsayers. Just go to our website and feel free to send those to us. Okay, problem verse number one. The book of Acts, chapter 26, verse 18. Luke-
0: All right. That's powerful. That is very powerful. You know, right now the Wi-Fi is kind of doing his own thing, so I'm going to continue. And I'm going to give it about maybe maybe uh, 10 more minutes and see if it's going to come back. Luke writes,
1: to open their eyes and to the turn thing. them from the darkness thing. to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins, an inheritance among them. I think the problem here is with the words, quote, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Uh-huh. These gainsayers will throw this verse up, trying to make you think there's something you must do to receive forgiveness of sins. Well, that's impossible. Forgiveness of sins is already in existence in order to be received. This is Acts chapter 26. Forgiveness of sins is already in place. Your receiving it doesn't make it so. You would receive it by faith and that would make you saved. I mean, is the quote, inheritance among them? Is that already in existence? Absolutely then why would the, quote, forgiveness of sins not also already be in existence? The word receive would denote believing the message that sins are already paid for and forgiven. So as we see, there's no problem at all. If you bought me a gift, purchased it, it was paid in full, whether or not I chose to receive it, would not change the fact that you purchased me a gift. Now would it?
0: Key must receive it.
1: Problem verse number 2. Revelation chapter 20 verse 12. Here John writes, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works." Did you catch that? According to their works. Verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Works. There it is again. According to their works. These here that John is speaking of in the book of Revelation, and by the way, Revelation wasn't written for the body of Christ's church, But he's speaking of them being judged according to their works, not sins. They're being judged according to their works. Remember, Israel's salvation came by faith plus works. They're being judged according to their works, not sins. This is talking about names that are written in the book of life, not us. The word sin is not even in these passages. So another gainsayer failure. Once again, they failed to disprove the doctrine of reconciliation. All sins were forgiven at the cross, and God doesn't ask you to believe that to make it so. It's so whether you believe it or not. Okay, problem verse number three. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 17. Chapter 15 verse 17. And if Christ be not raised... Your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Well, now that's pretty self-explanatory, but let's look at it. If Christ be not raised, what? If Christ be not raised, let's say that one more time. If Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. But my friend, Christ was raised. And you're not in your sins because he left those in the grave. And no one's faith is in vain who believes this. Your faith would only be in vain if Paul's gospel concerning Christ being raised was not true. I covered this months back uh, in our listener section there at the website, truthtimeradio.com. there in the section titled Truth Shots. So we've had questions before concerning what does it mean to believe in vain? And often that is taught wrong. Listen, we're just about out of time. Hey, Galatians chapter 6 verse 14, folks, it tells us of something God forbids us from doing. God forbids us from glorying in anything other than the cross of Christ. However, interestingly enough, there are so many gainsayers. Just like the listener who encountered one on Facebook They find glory in their flesh, in what they do on a daily ritual basis. Just look at what they post in their daily status. It's sad. The self-pride, the self-indulgence, the narcissism. Look at me, look at me. They glory in their flesh and how they daily confess their sins. They glory in it so much that it eventually becomes a part of their salvation testimony. God forbids us from glorying in anything other than the cross of Christ. But they glory in sin confessing. They glory in turning from sin, walking an aisle, joining a church, being an overcomer on their road to salvation, getting water baptized, saying a prayer, and lying about keeping the Ten Commandments. All sorts of things that they mix with what Christ did at Calvary. Things they mix with his finished cross work that testify to the fact that they don't really believe he finished anything. And then there are those who, while understanding that we're not to glory in our flesh, they glory in their belief. Thinking that Christ only died for your sins if you believe it. But what should we expect? This sort of wrong thinking is a result of the lack of pulpit preaching and teaching on reconciliation. What God was doing on the cross, he was there reconciling the world unto himself, and he is no longer imputing anyone's sin unto them. And if more knew this, they would not be including self in anything. Stopping bad habits, starting good ones, and on and on it goes. God has already, 2 Corinthians 5.19, reconciled us to himself. Now, that's a fact. The question is the next verse, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Have you reconciled yourself to God? Something that can only be done through faith. Faith in his ability to save you, not your ability. Christ was perfect in his flesh, but remember what Paul said. There is nothing, nothing any good in your flesh, Therefore, you need faith in Christ and his ability, faith in his victory over sin. Christ won the victory over sin, death, hell, and the grave. And if you'll put your faith in him and allow his faith to do the rest, you, for the first time in your life, can rest and truly experience real peace. I'm a living example, my friend. I'm a walking testimony to this truth. That's gonna wrap it up. Visit our website, truthtimeradio.com. Remember, you um remember you only get two educations, the one you're given and the one you give yourself.
0: Real talk. That's straight out real talk. You know, I'm not trying to lift a person up, you know, but I give a person's due. Okay. I give a person's due when they're preaching the truth or teaching. The truth okay, you know what? I don't know. I, I don't have to give you an analogy, I don't have to tell you exactly what he meant. It's self explanatory. You heard this teaching. You heard if you are part of my listeners, you know, whether you follow me or not, but if you are part of my listeners, believers or unbelievers, if you're part of my listeners. You heard the first podcast. That was enough. You heard the first teaching by Trey Searcy. That was enough. OK. Now you heard this. one. A different come a different roundabout way he went, but it comes down to the same truth. See, a lot of us don't understand, and I'm including myself back then, didn- really did not understand reconciliation. What does reconciliation means? You know, wow, a lot of us do not understand that. That's why a lot of a lot of us believers—I'm not talking about unbelievers—I'm talking about believers—just cannot swallow and take in this type of message about the whole world's sins are forgiven. It took me a while, man, uh, to, to really believe that because it was—I was, you know—transitioned so much of believing a certain way that I was taught in my church. You know, let's let's just be real. Let's just be real. You know, we all was a lot of our beliefs about the Bible and doctrines mostly came from a traditional denominational independent whatever church and we got to admit that. We got to that method. I'm making it myself Someone, You know, you need to make it yourself. And some of you are still in denominational churches. And some of you that's listening probably are still in a traditional church. And I'm not saying leave your church or nothing like that, you know, unless they really going to the left. Just I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. You need to check that. You need to question it. You need to question your pastor, not in a negative way. And, you know, you guys need to talk about that because the most important thing when you're trying to talk to the unsaved is doctrinal truth. Doctrinal understanding of the, the word of God, okay? We need that. We need to we need to get that together. Now, what you heard from Trey Cersei, and I try to talk about this uh, my myself in my podcasts, but he has a longer arm, he has a better, he has a better understanding about it. But you don't have to be a theologian to understand this. You don't have to be a a, a, a great orator, if I can say, to understand this. Believers. First of all, this should be great news, not good news, but this should be great news. This is a more because it helps your witness more. What do you mean by that, Joe? Because now you don't have to approach a sinner or unsaved person and tell them they need to get their sins together first, which is not doctrinal, which is not scriptural. You don't have to go that route no more. Wouldn't it be better if you could just go to him and just say, man, your your man or uh, young lady, your sins has already been washed away. You know, they're not going to understand that because they, got, they get uh, their sins mixed up the way they act. That's somewhat part of it, but they get that mixed up the way they're acting at that particular moment. So they just can't see that they think you're saying you can act any type of way. That's your confusion, because your sins. Let me let me put it this way: because your sins have been forgiven, doesn't mean you're gonna act any different. You should after you're saved, but before you're saved, you're gonna be basing. If somebody like me or someone came say, "Yo, God has already taken care of your sins. Your sins, you're not getting charged with sin anymore." Don't mention imputed. They don't know what imputed mean. So just talking to them plain. Come on, theologians, talk to people plain. You are not being charged with sin anymore. You know. First, the first thing comes to an unbeliever. I know. I know it because even believers have a problem with this. That's why it's hard for them to accept that is they're thinking about, man, I I drink, I smoke. I'm living in adultery. I watch pornography. I'm sinning every day. You know, you know, how can I be going to heaven? You hear what I just said? How could I be going to heaven? They get that confused with because their sins was taken care of on the cross. That's an automatic ticket that they're going to heaven. So they think they can live any type of way. No. See, that's the confusion. You have to explain that to them. Your sins have been forgiven. You have been forgiven, but you haven't been justified. You haven't been reconciled. You have to believe Jesus done what he done. And then salvation is the reconciliation part comes after that. The sin problem is not the deal. You, that, it's not an issue with God, cause God took care of that on the cross. Listen to what I'm saying. This is some truth. It's new to some believers, but it's not new in the Bible. Let me say that again. This is new news to some believers, but it's not new in the Bible. Let me say this. Some believers is going to accept this with joy, but it's going to happen. Probably most are going to say, "I'm not going to accept that," even though it's right in their face. Because their traditional teaching is stuck in their heart. And that's hard to get it out of heart when you got something stuck in your heart. Their traditional belief is stuck in their hearts. Okay. All right. See, I'm not trying to go over what Trey Sears is teaching. I'm not trying to do that. But, man, this is just basic teaching, man. I, You know, I try to be basic when I try to teach you, too. This is just basic teaching. He threw some scriptures out there. Now, it's up to you to write these scriptures down. It's up to you to go back and look at 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. It's up to you to look at a lot of these scriptures that he have quoted. It's up to you to look at the scriptures like 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. That's up to you, believers. So you can be equipped, so you can train yourselves to be a true, rightly divided witness out there. Now, believers, you're not the only one that's listening, even if you so-called grace believers. Grace believers have a problem with that because their denominational religion is getting in the way. That's why I said, don't call me no grace believer. Don't call me no dispensationalist. Don't call me there. Just call me a Christian. I'm a Christian. You know, I'm a man of God, woman of God. Be strong in this type of teaching. Study to show thyself approved according to 2 Timothy 2.15. Get into God's word. Let's get into God's word. Let's find out some truth. We don't have to just ask everybody. God's word speaks for himself. Speaks for himself. God's word. I say himself because God's word is 11 word. Okay. God's word. I know I, I didn't mess up on that. I meant himself. God's word is him speaking through people, you know, so that wasn't an error. But I what I want you to do and I'm going to do a probably a last segment on that. But I don't think I need to throw any more out there because if you just not believing and it might not have nothing to do with your believing, it just might have something to do with your receiving or you just not accepting it. You see it right there in the Word of God. Certain verses and scriptures you see in the Word of God. This forgiveness message is new to you guys. You can't ignore it if you follow him up on the Word. Just don't listen to Trey Cersei or others or myself, especially. Follow up on the Word because we, as men and women, can and will make mistakes, okay? Because uh, I can always say there's there's a perfect Holy Spirit working in an imperfect vessel. There's a perfect Holy Spirit working in an imperfect body, a imperfect vessel. Okay, so I'm not going to say too much more about this. It's, it's, I'm not going to try to convince you. I don't need to convince you. It's going to take your belief in receiving. You are already saved. You might go to heaven just not believing this, but it doesn't matter. That doesn't, like he said, and that does not make it not true. That does not mean it's not true. People, men, ladies. Seniors, young people, whoever listen to this podcast, stop dogging the world out the unsaved, telling them they need to repent, which repent doesn't mean uh stopping sin, that just means changing your mind if you're going to use repent, know what the definition really means, okay, stop telling people they need to clean themselves up first and stop their sins that's not the Bible. the sin part is already took care of. Now, it's okay to talk to, let me put it this way, it's okay to tell them you need to stop doing this. You need to stop living this way. You need to get out there fornication. You need to stop looking at porn. You need to stop doing this. Yeah, you need to uh, minister to somebody about that. You know, they need to stop that. Okay? Those are acts of sin. They're not going to stop sinning. Let's get this straight. They're not going to stop sinning. It's just, this action that Jesus took just means your sins are forgiven. God is not charging you for those sins. Whether you're watching porn or whatever like that, he's not charging you for that that's being wiped away. You will reap the benefits of that lifestyle in your body. Yes, the benefits and a... Uh, the penalties of that, because it's going to affect your body, With from, especially a believer, from living that type of lifestyle. You know, it ain't like you getting away because you're going to have a sinful nature. Sometimes you can mess up so bad that, you you know, you get tucking out here early. You, you shorten your life. And I talked about that before. The sin actions, the sin use, and the sin nature is still there. Come on, I'm trying to get this unconfused fusion, unconfused out of the confused. I'm trying to get this unconfused out of the confused you still have a sin nature, okay? So, therefore, you still will, I ain't going to say you might, you still will commit sin because long as sin is on this, in this world and long as death is in this world, you're going to continue to sin and you're going to continue to die, okay? But the penalty against you has been taken away, you know? It's just like if you commit a crime, you know, you commit a crime You know, and you go to the judge and the judge says, "Okay, I acquit you. I'm not going to charge you with this. He's not saying you are innocent. He just said he's going to wipe it away. You know, he's going to wipe it away, whatever. For whatever reason, give you a chance, whatever. Does that change you? No, you're still a criminal. You're still a rapist. You're still a murderer. But he acquitted all your wrongdoing. See, that don't mean you're going to stop doing what you're doing. You can, but that don't mean you're going to stop doing what you're doing, but that has been wiped away. That don't mean you're not going to get punished later on. That don't mean you got a free ticket to, uh, through the judge and you got a free ticket of, uh, uh, of everything else. Now, it does not mean that. Okay, look at it in a spiritual situation, and I'm going to let you go because my time is running short. This is powerful stuff. When you are unsaved, when I got saved... My sins is already dealt with. I didn't know that back then because I was I was a Pentecostal, you know, word of faith, whatever. You know, I didn't know that back then, but I know that now. My sins is already forgiven, but I still have my sin nature. My sin nature is not going to be dealt with until Christ come and give me this new body. My spirit man is being renewed, but this flesh is still living in, the, in sin. My spirit man is being renewed, not the flesh. My soul and my spirit is going with Christ. When the rapture comes, the body is going to be renewed. But for the meantime, when I die, in my scope, my soul and my spirit is in a heavenly place, also, which is up there now. That's another explanation of teaching. But my soul and the spirit is going to be with Christ already, is already with Christ already, my soul and spirit, when I die. But my body, this sinful. Nature, earthly body goes into the grave until the rapture. So when Christ comes back on a blessed hope day, thank God, comes back on that rapture, he's going to resurrect my body and give me a new body to join my spirit. Because remember that we like we created the image of God, not the way God looks because God is invisible. Cause So therefore our spirit and our soul are invisible. Okay, are invisible. I ain't talking about when people say, Oh, I seen the spirit of grandma, I seen the spirit of those. Those are mostly demonic spirits. Demonic spirit is going to manifest the body, the body, the way the body and the frame look. That don't mean that's the way you look because remember, spirits are invisible. That's why back in the uh, times of Matthew when the pigs was entered by Uh, That's why the evil spirits beg Jesus to let them enter the pig's bodies because they are invisible. They need a body. They need a frame to work in because they are invisible. Every spirit is invisible. Does not got a certain look. God used a frame and he used a body. To give you a characteristic physical look, you know. Now, we're going to probably have the same physical look and everything like that. But remember, we are spirit beings. Our bodies are going to become immortal and supernatural. And we're going to be spiritual beings before we enter the heaven. Okay, I'm not, I am not mean to give no teaching on that, but I'm just trying to make a point there. Your sinful nature. You're still going to have a problem with your sinful nature. Because your sins have been wiped away, forgiven, that does not mean you're saved. Let me say that again three times because your sins, the world's sins have been forgiven and God is not imputing or charging no one with sins does not mean you going to heaven. You're not saved. Let's get that out the way. So, when you witness to somebody, you let them know up front, even though their sins are forgiven, they need to believe that Jesus done that on the cross for order for them to be reconciled. Not forgiven. The sins are forgiven. The reconciliation part doesn't come with forgiveness, okay? The justification part doesn't come with forgiveness. The glorification part does not come with forgiveness, okay? For, you are forgived right now for the unsaved, okay? That's the best thing I can tell you, you know. Because the world, sins forgiven, does not mean they're saved. Okay, religious people, stop it. Because you guys say, no, you got to be saved first. No, you don't. God cannot look at sin. God hates sin, like he said. He hates sin. So the first thing he have to take care of first, so he won't have to deal with sin, is get sin out the way. Okay, that opened the door. That's why we have a better gospel, according to the Bible, than Israel. You know, we have a better gospel. That's, power, that's one of the powerfulness of grace amazing grace. Majority of us believers don't even understand the true death of God's amazing grace. We are too religious. We are too stuck in our hallelujahs and praise God and speaking to all that fake junk. We are too caught up in traditional denominational teaching that we miss out on the beautifulness of God's amazing grace. Let's learn what God's amazing grace really is before we get into witness because we're going to lose a lot of people out there because they're too worried about their too bad and they're sins are so bad They're they because they're confused about the way they act not because they don't understand not being charged for the penalty. They only look at their acts and they just can't see themselves being forgiven. They think being forgiven of their sins, man, they're going to heaven. You have to be one of the believers and ambassadors. That's why God said we are ambassadors. We supposed to be going out there to explain that to them to reconcile them by bringing them this truth that's been taught that you just heard from Trey Cersei. okay? I'm going to stop it right there because there's really no more else I can tell you. It's going to be your receipt even in your believing believers in this. Okay, before I go, I want to give a chance for the unbeliever. Remember, unbeliever, your sin's already been taken care of. That don't mean you can live any type of way you want. I'm sure you got enough common sense to know that. Your sins have already been dealt with on the cross over 2,000 years ago. All you have to do is just believe what Jesus has done and receive it. Because just believe in it, but you need to receive it. You need to believe he took care of that. You need to accept him as your Lord and Savior and believe in his death, burial, resurrection, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. The only way to be saved today is the gospel of the grace under the Apostle Paul, which Jesus works through the Apostle Paul, okay? So, give your heart to Christ. Believe that he died on the cross, and then you will be saved. You're not saved now. Your sins are forgiven, but you are not saved. You still got the most important thing to do, okay? The hard part on this earth is dealt with. Now you need to get to the most important spiritual part, okay? God bless you all. This is Joseph Brownlee, Connecting the Dots. Joseph Brownlee, Connecting the Dots. Thank you for listening to Trey Circe, my guest speaker. If you want to hear more about Trey Circe's teaching, go to truthtimeradio.com. He also has a podcast, but his webcast is truthtimeradio.com, truthtimeradio.com. God bless you all. Love you. Peace out. Love y'all. Bye-bye.